So our worship all belong to him. Praise God. You're welcome tonight for the, to the gathering of the saints. We trust God as something wonderful happened when the saints of God are gathered around the word of God and the love of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Tonight I want to share with you on the divine enablement to overcome the world and the wicked one. The divine enablement to overcome. God has given us all that we need to overcome. To live an overcoming life. The reason is because the world we live in the Bible says he's under the sway of the wicked one. But we are not left alone. We are not left without strength, without power. We are, the Lord has left us in this world to take charge, to take control, to leave the reality of the kingdom of God. And to enforce the will of the Lord. Amen. In 1 John chapter 2 verse 14. John said was speaking to the church. And he said I've written to you fathers. Because you have known him who is from the beginning. I've written to you young men. Because you are strong. And the word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. Hallelujah. Look at the, 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 what, what John wrote in this place and how it flows. He said that the young men are strong. What made them strong, he said, is because the word of God abides in them. And as a result of the word of God abiding in them, they have overcome. Hallelujah. So it tells me that we need strength to overcome. And the major way to access the strength and be strong is to allow the word of God to abide in us. And when the word of God abides in us, we overcome. So, God has not left us uh, to, be, to be on our own. He has given us the word that will make us strong in this worldly system. And then to overcome the wicked one. Hallelujah. No wonder Jesus was saying, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it shall be done for you. Praise the Lord. And when we go to 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, it says, For whatever is born of God, what happens? Overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? For he who believes that Jesus 
is the son of God. So, we have another platform of overcoming here. We saw the young men overcome because the word of God abides in them. And then we saw here that everyone that is born of God has been born to overcome. Because the seed of God abides in them. And everyone who is who is who believes that Jesus is the Son of God overcomes the world. Hallelujah. Now we can see two things there: the wicked one and the world. The wicked one and the world. The young men overcome the wicked one because the word of God abides in them. Everyone that is born of God overcomes the world. So the two things we're looking at right now: the wicked one and the world the wicked one and the world now we there's something that is important if we don't want to be overcome by the world in first john chapter 2 verse 15 it says do not love the world all the things in the world if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him so if you acclimatize with the word, you will be controlled by the word. If you acclimatize with the world, you'll be controlled by the world and you will not be able to exercise your authority and experience the victory that Jesus has purchased for us. The message translation said, don't love the world ways. The world ways of doing things. One of the things the world likes to say is sin is believing. Then God said, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. So don't love the world ways. Don't love the world goods. Love of the world squeezes out the love for the Father. Wow. Amen. The more you love the world, the less you love the Father. Practically, everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, that's the laws of the flesh, the laws of the eyes and the pride of life. Has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. The world and all is wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. Hallelujah. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. Praise God. So, we, we, we see a couple of things here. In order to overcome the world, we can't love the world ways the way the world does its things. We can't love it. And everything that the world aggravates towards is a is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And when we allow this love of the world to squeeze us into his own mode, it squeezes out the love of the Father, and we cannot overcome the world. So the worldly system, of course, we know what it refers to, is the way the world is ruled, the way the world is set, the way the world is arranged, the system of the world and this world is dominated by sin this world is dominated by sin and evil and the wicked one hallelujah 
No wonder Jesus said, What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world? It's talking of the worldly system because you know, humans know the world used as cosmos, which is used to indicate the worldly affairs, the worldly riches, the advantages, the pleasures, the things that are hollow and fading, things that we want to seduce you as believers from God things that will put all, all obstacles in your way of serving God. This is the worldly system. But the Bible says, for God so loved the world. Okay? There it's talking about the people. He didn't love the world system. He loves the people. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loved the world. The, 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 the people in the world he wants them to change, but he doesn't love the world system because I once saw someone writing that even Jesus loves the world. You need to know what, what world is he talking about there? Jesus loves the people, but we never love the worldly system. Even when the devil offers Jesus the worldly system, he refused it. He told him, I'll give you everything just bowed to me. He refused it. Okay, so... And we have known that the three major things that drive the passion of the world, that motivate the worldly system is simply the lust of the flesh. What your flesh gravitates towards. The lust of the eyes. What your eyes want to have by all means. And everything culminates in the pride of life that needs to be important. Okay? The desires to be important. Now we saw that these are the weapons that the world has, and that's all that the world has. And then when he said to to the the, the young ones uh, uh, in the spirit, we have read earlier. He said they have overcome the wicked one, and this wicked one is the Antichrist. Praise the Lord. Someone hearing me? It's the Antichrist. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, it says, Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist or Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come by which we know that this is the last hour. Who is he talking about? The Antichrist is the one in opposition to the anointed. Okay? The one in opposition to the anointed. Even in Psalm 2, it's already written. Why do the heathen rage? And the people imagine a vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves against the Lord and against his anointed. Okay? So, the Antichrist is anti-anointed he doesn't want anyone to be anointed he's going to fight the anointed because he's afraid of the anointing praise God he's afraid of what the anointing will do and so John said many antichrists have already gone out in other words the, this anti-anointed you know, it's a spirit primarily, not just a, a physical person. People are so scared when they see any technology 
They say it's the Antichrist. Ah, that is the Antichrist. So the devil wants them to be so thinking about the Antichrist. But well, I've always chosen to think more about Christ. That's why I don't bother my head so much about, oh, the Antichrist is going to, the Antichrist, the Antichrist. I have Christ. And so I'm not afraid of the anti. Are you listening to me? Praise Jesus. Okay. So, and the, the, the anti anointed spirit, the one that opposes the anointing, even acclimatizes itself with the church. Even tries to run itself with the program of the church. In, in first, uh, John chapter 2, verse 19, it says, They went out from us, this anti anointed, the religious. Okay? Because there's no way you can oppose the anointing without trying to be religious. So they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But it went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. They didn't belong to us in the first place. They acclimatized with us. They could not endure the anointing. Hallelujah. They could not endure the anointing. So they went out from us. But they are not of us. And they are anti-anointing. They hate the anointing. They oppose the anointing. Why? Because the anointing that will distinguish us. It's the anointing that, that distinguishes Jesus. The Bible says in Acts chapter 10 verse 38. It says, Our God anointed. To anoint means to rub. To immerse with oil. That's what it means to anoint. And the scripture says, God anointed Jesus with what? With the Holy, Holy Spirit and with power. And as a result of the anointing that was upon Jesus, he was not anointed with physical oil, he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with the power of the Holy Spirit. He was anointed with the attributes and the power of the Holy Spirit who went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Hallelujah. No wonder the, the devil is afraid of the anointing. Hallelujah. He's afraid of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. Because God is going to destroy him. And that's why G, uh, the devil, the anti-anointing, denies the anointing. He denies that the anointing can come upon the flesh. He denies the anointing and denies the sonship of Christ. Look at verse 22 of 1 John chapter 2. It says, who is a liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the anointed. Okay, that's what it means. He who denies that Jesus is the anointed. That's why he came and said, he denied it. He said, if you have a son of God, 
In other words, I, I, I don't agree. Amen. I, 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 I refuse to agree. Even though I heard God spoke from heaven, I saw it there, I refuse to agree. So if you are the son of God, if you have the anointed, command the stones to become bread. So it, it, it denies the, the anointed. It denies the, the Christ. It denies that Jesus is the Christ. Because he cannot afford. It's risky for him to afford to believe that Jesus that was born of the woman that hates like everyone is going to carry the power and the speed of God? No. Because if Jesus could carry it, he said, other people will carry it. And he has always hated man. That's why he went to the garden and, and, and deceived Eve and told her that she will be the image of God if she had the, uh, uh, the, the fruit that God has told them. If she disobeyed God, she will be like God. But she, she's already like God. Uh, she, he couldn't risk uh, agreeing to the fact uh, that here are gods walking on the face of the earth. Hallelujah. And so, he still denies it today. Who is a liar? That's the first lie he tells. Jesus can be the son of God. He told all the religions of the world the same lie. Are you listening to me? They preach the same lie. Who is a liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the anointed. He is the anti-anointed. Who denies the father and the son. Why did he say he denies the father? Whoever denies the son does not have the father either. You can't have the father without the son. He who acknowledges the son as the father also. So you can't claim to have the father without having the son. And the father publicly bore witness to his son on two occasions. One at Jordan River. Secondly, on, on, on the month of transfiguration. This is my beloved son. In whom I'm well pleased. And he said, Hear him. Hallelujah. So, the anti anointed denies the sonship because if Jesus can be the son, then there will be many sons. Hallelujah. Amen. And if we are not sons, we cannot overcome. Are you listening to me? Why? He say the only one that can handle me is God. He did not disagree with that. Are you listening to me? Not the devil doesn't disagree with that. But no one can do it again except God. That's what he's saying. But God is saying, I'll bring men from me. Who will carry my image, my power. They will be anointed and they will do the same. Amen. They will do the same. That's why 
he does not risk agreeing to that. Okay? But, but why is he, is, he, is he afraid of it? Because he's afraid of the anointing because the anointing will always crush him. The anointing will crush him. That's why the, 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 the world and his rulers gathered against the Lord and against his anointed. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are already enabled, empowered to overcome the world and the wicked one. Hallelujah. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, it says, But you have an anointing. Somebody say, I have an anointing. And that's why, when you are talking of Antichrist, it's not just, it's not just fighting Jesus the anointed. He's fighting with the anointed. Are you listening to me? That's why you see the book of Revelation. All his fight is against the church. The seed of God that is on the face of the earth. And it's because you are carrying something that he's afraid of. is the anointing. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, you have an anointing. You have an anointing from the Holy One. And you know all things. Stop saying I don't know anymore. And I don't know. And I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know what to do. I know what to do. I know all things. Because I have an anointing from the Holy One. And I know all things. Hallelujah. When I know all things. I'm not going to fall into the trap of the devil. I'm not going to fall into the trap of the wicked one. Somebody say I have an anointing from the Holy One. And I know all things. And of course, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 corroborated. It says uh, in verse 12, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Why? What's the reason? That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Hallelujah. So we have an anointing. Who is he? He's anti-anointed. If you are afraid of carrying the anointing, then you will not be a terror to the enemy. But the, your, your instrument of power is the anointing. And by that anointing, you know all things. Because it does not want you to know. Because what you don't know, you cannot exercise. So we see the scripture says here that we have an anointing from the Holy One and we know all things. And in 1 John 2 verse 26 to 27 says, These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. Okay, of course we learned last week or so that major instruments of the devil is deception. True of us. He tries to deceive. He turns to being an angel of light trying to deceive himself lives in self-deception and uh, the way to overcome him first of all is to walk in the truth that's why third john says uh, he said i'm glad that my children are walking in the truth so it says here yeah, but these things are written to you concerning those who try to deceive you 
But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you. That's the one who will receive you. But the same anointing teaches you concerning all things. And it's true. The anointing is true. And it's not a lie. The anointing is not a lie. That's why they joke and joke and talk nonsense about uh, the anointing. The anointing is not a lie. I'm not talking of burning oil. I'm not talking of splashing oil. I'm talking of the anointing of the Holy Spirit and power. Hallelujah. The anointing is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. So the anointing teaches. The anointing lives in us. The anointing is not a lie. The anointing makes us know all things. The anointing teaches us. The anointing is true. The anointing is not a lie. And the anointing is the seal of victory. The anointing is the seal of victory. It is a divine enablement given to us by God. Is the Holy Spirit overflow. In 1 John 2, 20, we have already said, you have an anointing from the Holy One, you know all things. New Century Version says, you have the gift that the Holy One gave you, so you all know the truth. New Living Translation says, but you are not like that, for the Holy One has given you His Spirit, and all of you know the truth. Somebody say, I know the truth. I will not be deceived. The wiles of the devil will not deceive me. Message translation says, but you belong. Somebody say, I belong. <laughs> I am initiated. Hello? You are afraid of that word? It depends on where you are initiated to. Uh, you see, if you are initiated to the right stuff, you enjoy what flows in that company. And I want to tell you that by the anointing, by the Holy Spirit, we are initiated. Amen. We are initiated into the victory club. We are initiated into the church of the living God. We are initiated into the, 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 the spirit of the just man that's made perfect. Hallelujah. The church of the firstborn. And he said, I will give my firstborn, I will make him kings over the earth. And we are kings over the earth. Because we are church of the firstborn. We are, we are proceeds from the firstborn. We are seed of the firstborn. Glory to God. And the rights of the firstborn belongs to us. Because our elder brother share it with us. Praise God. And we he didn't share and say, you take 10, I take 20. We jointly share it. So what he has as the firstborn is what we have as the firstborn. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. It says, but you belong. The only one anointed you, and you all know it. Somebody say, I know it. The anointing is so powerful, it's like a mighty river. A force that the enemy cannot withstand. The devil cannot withstand the anointing. Why you, well, you must stay anointed. You must stay under the, under the cover of the anointing. He cannot. It is not possible. The Holy Spirit is his undoing. Do you get it? And the anointing abides in us. It's divine enablement given to us by God. The Holy Spirit overflow. 
We know Jesus said in John chapter 7 verse 38, He who believes in me as the scripture has said. Hmm. I think we need to find out where the scripture actually said it. Because Jesus was quoting the scripture. Uh, out of his heart we flow rivers of living water. And the Bible made it clear, let somebody start digging river. He said, but this is spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit was not yet given. So he was talking of the Holy Spirit. It's like a mighty river, a mighty force. That's why no matter what, stay within the range of the anointing. Hallelujah. The devil cannot withstand the anointing. In Isaiah 59 verse 19 it says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When, it's not if, when the enemy comes in like a flood, what will happen? The spirit of the Lord. Somebody say the spirit of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. No wonder Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are banned. I was Jesus able to do it. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. So wherever he sees the enemy coming like a flood, you, know, you, you don't wait for the enemy to come to you like a flood. You even look around for his flood. Are you listening to me? Because Jesus didn't wait somewhere and waiting until the enemy will come like a flood. Jesus went about doing good. And everywhere he has operated like a flood, the Spirit of God was raising a standard in Christ against the enemy. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27 says, And it shall come to pass in that day that his body will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Hallelujah. The anointing of the Holy Spirit destroys yokes. The devil loves to put yokes on people and every burden on people so that they will serve him. But the anointing, the, the, the anointing is the operational power of the Holy Spirit. The anointing is the Holy Spirit in action and at work. That's the anointing. Did you get it? It's, 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 you know, we have the, you, uh, how do they call this in physics? Uh, you have the, the kinetic power and you have the, what's the other one? Potential. The anointing is not the Holy Spirit potential. Are you listening to me? It's, it's not the potential. It is the kinetic. It is the Holy Spirit at work. <laughs> Hallelujah. And when he collides against the yoke and the bondage of the devil, he just yanks it. He just destroys it. So when you are anointed, 
it's not a the devil wouldn't wouldn't mind if it's the potential. Oh, the potential. Potential is fun. But potential unexpressed is as good as no potential. Are you listening to me? Hello? The potential unexpressed is as good as no potential. So the 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 Holy Spirit on us, the anointing in us and on us is the Holy Spirit walking. The Holy Spirit generating power. Hallelujah. Releasing power. That's what the Bible says that Jesus came in the power of the Spirit. That's how we need to come. You go to your office in the power of the Holy Spirit. You look into that which eyes in the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You look at that sin and that opposition in the power of the Holy Spirit. So the anointing empowers you to destroy the yoke of the enemy. To destroy the works of the enemy. When we're talking of the enemy, don't always look at the enemies coming against you. You are the one coming against the enemy. Are you listening to me? I think we have become a little bit a little bit more defensive. The anointing is not defensive. The anointing is offensive. And the best way of defense is offense. Most of the time we are like, oh, don't let the devil attack me. Don't let the devil attack me. Oh, don't let the devil attack me. That's fine. What about you attacking the devil? You see, he will not even have your time. Because you are not even giving him opportunity by attacking his word. It comes as you change your prayers. You change your focus. Not to, oh, oh, oh God, protect me. Oh, but Lord, I'm beginning to pray for all the ones that the devil is attacking. I'm crushing him everywhere. You can't keep all them people wherever I stand. And in the name of Jesus, I'm breaking your... That's what Jesus came to do. Amen. That's what Jesus came to do. He was an attacking machine. An attacking force. That was irresistible for the enemy. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, the anointing empowers you to bring healing to the broken hearted. The anointing gives you the new garment of praise. Hallelujah. That's one thing the anointing does, friends. That's one thing that will shut. It's a weapon that we have to, to overcome the wicked one. Isaiah 61 verse 3 says uh, to console, you know, it started from the Spirit of the Lord being upon him. And the, the work of that the Spirit upon him is to console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. Who have you given beauty for ashes? Not just you, you get beauty for ashes. You keep giving it out by the anointing. The oil of joy for money. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might become trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That he, the Lord, may be glorified. Hallelujah. So he's saying, part of what the anointing does in us and for us is to change us from the place of money to the place of beauty from the place of money to the place of joy 
upon the place of mourning to the place of praise. Why? Psalm 149. With the high praises of God in their mouth. And with the two edges sword in their hands, they will execute the judgment written. So the devil will prefer to keep you moody, to keep you joyless, to, to keep you praiseless, to, to keep you squeezing yourself and nasty and mad. But he can't tolerate you being joyful. Hallelujah. <laughs> He can tolerate you being joyful because you come into a domain of victory by being joyful. It's a domain of victory. High praises of God because God dwells in us but also dwells within the praises of his people. Hallelujah. So we are anointed. Somebody say we are anointed. In Hebrews chapter 1 verse 9 it says You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness therefore God your God has anointed you with what? With the oil of gladness above your companions. Hallelujah. Oil of gladness. Jesus carry oil of gladness. And that oil of gladness is upon us. Hallelujah. I want to picture Jesus. You know, when he came to do the work, he was anointed. Jesus was anointed. Uh, we saw a ray with Jordan. He came in the power. And when he went to the throne, he was anointed again. Hallelujah. Was anointed again. David was anointed three times and David was a type of Jesus he was anointed in the midst of his brethren he was anointed a Gibeon hallelujah he was anointed to rule how many to rule one tribe and then he was anointed to rule the entire nation. He was anointed three times. Hallelujah. And Jesus was anointed a river, Jordan. Came in the power. A fresh anointing again upon him. When the father proclaimed and he said, hear him. When he finished his work. The Bible says he looked for the joy that was set before him. The Father anoints him again. Hallelujah. That's the oil of joy. He looked for the joy that was set before him. That's why he endured the cross. And he despised the shame. When he finished that and he carries his blood into the holiest of all. The Father poured him all over again. Hallelujah. When he poured that all over again. That triggered on the church on the day of Pentecost. Are you listening to me? Praise God. The Bible says, How good and how pleasant is it for brethren to dwell together. As the church dwells together in unity. Remember, Jesus prayed that we will be one as He is with the Father and the Father in Him, that we will be one with them. Hallelujah. 
when the church were praying, they were synergizing in the upper room. They were synergizing. The Bible said they were with one accord. It was a process. They, they, they cut off stuff from their heart, repent of stuff and no accusation and this and that. They live in all that and government. And uh, the Bible says they were with one call. They were united. A synergy took place. Hallelujah. The body aligned with the head. And the anointing on the head. That's why Jesus said it's better I go. If I don't go the anointing won't come. Because it needs to come through me into the body. So as the body synergized and aligned with him. And, and Jesus, you know, when we went back to when he came from heaven to the earth, he came as a representative of the Father and he came into man. When he went back, he went back as a representative of man. The man that overcame. Are you listening to me? Praise the Lord. So that every man in Christ can sit together with him. Are you listening to me? So, when he got back the anointing upon the head, down onto the beard of Aaron, Psalm 133. Those, prophet, those, those scriptures are prophetic, eh? It wasn't just talking of Aaron. Aaron was a type of priest. Jesus was according, was a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And the Bible says that the anointing runs to the beard of Aaron and to his garments. And it says, there the Lord commands blessing, even life forevermore. But we know the Lord couldn't bring life forevermore. The ironic priesthood is limited. He couldn't bring life forevermore. So it's something bigger than ironic priesthood. He's a priesthood according to the order of Melchizedek. He's a king priest. Aaronic was a priest. Melchizedek was a king and a priest and that's what Jesus represented and what the church represented through Christ so the anointing upon the head of our high priest Jesus himself, hallelujah soak him got to his beard and then got to his garments and you wear garments on the body someone listening to me and we have the body and when the anointing gets and soaked, the church was in the upper room. Suddenly, there was a glowing tongues of fire appearing upon them. The anointing from the head is getting to the body, friends. And they began to speak in other tongues. As the Spirit gave them all terrors. And then we can see Peter and John went going to the temple and healing the cripple like Jesus would do. The anointing on the head is now on the body. And so, we overcome him by the anointing. Praise the name of Jesus. He is anointed with the oil of gladness above his fellows. From Psalm 45, this scripture was quoted. It's Jesus, the body. Of course, if you pour oil on someone's head, it will touch the head before the body. True of us. That's what it means. Above. His companions. But to still touch his companions. Hallelujah. 
Now let's see it in the, in the New Testament. Second uh, Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 21. Now he who establishes with you in Christ and has anointed us is God who also has sealed us and given us the spirit in our heart as a guarantee. The Passion Translation says, Now it is God himself who has anointed us. It's not the devil. <laughs> it's God himself who has anointed us. And he's constantly strengthening both you and us in union with Christ. And he knows that we are his since he has also stamped his seal of love over our hearts and has given us the Holy Spirit like an engagement ring is given to a bride a down payment of the blessing to come hallelujah so the same anointing on Christ is on us and so what is our what do we need to do we need to learn to cultivate the anointing by cultivating our relationship with him Look at how Jesus cultivated the anointing. The Bible says he was led by the Spirit. After, after the baptism in Jordan, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. That's how you cultivate with anointing. One way, one is to obey the leadership of the Spirit. No one likes to be. I think after that kind of a thing, you want to go to the five-star hotel. After such an open declaration and uh, you know affirmation by the topmost prophet of the day who was John the Baptist and who said he that sent me to baptize actually told me that whoever the spirit comes upon and abides on that's the one that baptized with the Holy Ghost and he said this is the one this is the one I mean that, that's the time to check in a five-star hotel and saw a great meeting and begin to proclaim I'm the anointed. But that's not what, what the Spirit did. The Spirit led Jesus to the wilderness, a place where no one is. No one will hear about his anointing. No one will hear that he has just been anointed. But that's the way to cultivate the anointing. We want to get a billboard out and say, the main apostle already anointed uh, uh, and uh, he has been proclaimed to be a prophet by the greatest prophets of the day and uh, here is the book that he signed on for me hallelujah that's what many people would do but Jesus will live by the spirit into the wilderness for five star and to be tempted by the devil because where you overcome is where you carry authority so Jesus your level of obedience will determine the level of the authority you carry so Jesus obeyed and he followed the leadership of the spirit and he was tempted he was there 40 days he would not buy into the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life 40 days cultivating the anointing. We know those days were not wasted. Those days were the days spent praying. 
spend on praying and communing with the Father. And at the end of it, he was tempted. And he overcame. Hallelujah. But when he came, something has changed. The Bible says, and he came in the power of the Spirit. That 40 days Jesus spent could be 7 years, 3 years, 5 years, 10 years. Only the Holy Spirit would determine. The Holy Spirit and you will determine what that time is. Are you listening to me? Is someone hearing me? You see, Paul said, after he was called, he didn't go around showing everybody. He said he went to the wilderness of Arabia. When to cultivate the anointing. That's what he went to do. Went to cultivate the anointing. When Jesus came back, the Bible says he came back in the power of the Spirit. And what happened? His fame went out. We want the fame before passing the temptation. Before obey, obedience. Hallelujah. We want to be shown to everyone before we, we are in the hiding place. You cannot even determine how long the hiding place will be. As soon as you are able to yield and overcome, then you gain authority. Praise the Lord. Amen. We are anointed the same anointing of Jesus upon us. And remember that we overcome the wicked one. I want you to see this anointing on Jesus from the book of Isaiah to the 42 because the same anointing on Jesus that is in us we must learn to cultivate our relationship with him if we accomplish the same thing in us and for us and on us enabling us to overcome what the devil and the world will ever offer wherever we are posted in our own domain of influence we will overcome the wicked one and the world praise God Isaiah 42 verse 1 says Behold my servant whom I uphold You need to learn dependency on the Lord whom I uphold That's part of the things that we are taught in the place of cultivating our relationships my elect one in whom my soul delights. The place we learn to please the Lord. I have put my spirit upon him. And as a result of that, he will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. Hallelujah. He will not cry out. That's one of the workings of the anointing. When you see folks crying out. Many of them are not walking by the anointing. They are walking by the flesh. Are you listening to me? Many of them are walking by the flesh and some are walking by the spirit of the anti-anointed. Because there's a negative anointing. There is no anointed with the Holy Spirit but anointed with the demons. Hallelujah. Because the anointing on Jesus, this is what they produced. He will not cry out. He will not call attention to himself. Nor raise his voice. Nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. The first thing the anointing we walk in you is to walk humility. And submission. You are not going to be bragging about a miracle that God did through you. 
You're not going to be cursing people around because you feel God has used you to bless them and at the point in time, they don't want to tell your lie and then you begin to pronounce curses over them. Well, that's not the spirit. Of, that's not the spirit of Christ. Jesus told them when they said they want to call down fire. Hey, said that's not the spirit you have received. Did you get it? That's not the spirit you have received. It says he will not cry out, nor raise his voice, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A priest read, he will not pray. He's not going about destroying people's lives, destroying their marriages, their home, giving false prophecies. To destroy the widows and take things from them and dismantle them. Hallelujah. He's not going to a bruise read, he will not break. He's not going about the law and slashing people's throats with the law. A bruised read is already bruised by the wind. He's not going to destroy it, he's going to uphold it, he's going to want to, 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 to raise it up. Hallelujah. And a smoking flax, it will not quench. It's like a, 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 a candle wick that is already smoking, is about to go off. His, his, his actions will not quench it. The anointing does not quench people's life all around. Amen. The smoking flax will not quench. It will bring forth justice, for truth. It will not fail nor be discouraged. But the anointing, you won't be discouraged. Hallelujah. You won't fail. It will bring forth justice for truth. It will not fail nor be discouraged. Till. Somebody say till. He has established justice in the heart. We are going to establish justice. With the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In our own domain of influence. Hallelujah. And the coastland will wait for his law. All this the anointing did in the life of Jesus, the anointing is going to do in our lives. In the name of Jesus. So we need to cultivate, we need to come into understanding of the anointing that is in us and that is in us. We need to become aware, we need to come into awareness of the anointing in us. We need to become conscious. We need to relate consciously with the anointing in us. We need to allow this anointing to teach us because they will teach us. We need to ask the anointing, say, anointing, teach me. Anointing, teach me, explain to me. Show me this scripture. Show me why Jesus made this statement. Show me why the apostles made this statement. We need to allow him to teach us. We need to allow him to enable us with supernatural endowments the power the power that's the gifts the manifestations of the spirit supernatural endowment we need to allow him the anointing to build up, to build in us strength of character strength of character by the fruit it developed in us in our union with Jesus it developed that fruit we need to allow him Hallelujah. Cooperating with him, we need to cooperate. As he nudges us, as he, you know, asks us to do things, as he, 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 he speaks to our hearts. 
We need to cooperate. We need to be conscious of him. We must not ignore him. One of the things that will not make you captivate with anointing is ignoring the Holy Spirit. Is ignoring the Holy Spirit. Uh -uh. The Holy Spirit in you doesn't want to be ignored. You need to start acknowledging every good thing in you. Acknowledging the Holy Spirit. As you take on venture, as you do things, acknowledging the Holy Spirit. One way is spending time praying the Spirit. Letting the word of Christ. You know, uh, uh, Colossians chapter 3 says, let the word of Christ, let the word of the anointed, let the word of the anointed dwell in you richly. The word of the anointed, let it dwell in you richly. So we need to spend time allowing the word to dwell in us, praying in the spirit, being conscious of him, cooperating with him, uh, asking him things as you want to cultivate relationship with your spouse, with a friend. If two people see that and don't talk throughout the day, they're never going to cultivate them. They, they're going to get fed up and it's going to become boring. Have you been in a place where two people sit and nobody's talking to one another? What happens? It becomes boring. Hallelujah. One hour looks like 20 hours. But when is a place where friends are looking at the face of each other and chatting and we don't even know time has gone. We don't even know. That's what should be happening with the Holy Spirit. I don't even know Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. When he opens the word of God in you and you can literally spend hours and you wouldn't even know. I remember one time I went to a library around 6 a.m. just to have like a devotion of one hour and the Holy Ghost opened up in me and I started just studying and discussing with the Holy Spirit and friends I did not know until 6 p.m. in the evening. 6. Hello? I mean, it didn't look like I missed my entire life. I forgot I even had lectures. I was just so that I was just putting the scripture I was like, I never saw this. I never Holy Spirit, this is something else. And it would take me through Genesis again. I would begin to show me things. I begin to show me exactly what Isaac did. You know, in Genesis 26, I begin to show me, and I won't go into the visions of those scriptures, and I will be following, and 12 solid hours. Hallelujah. I didn't even know. Something opened in me from that season. Hallelujah. But I believe it's something we need to be doing, something we need to be enjoying, something we need to be asking the Holy Spirit for, being conscious of Him, uh, never ignore Him, when he nudges you and say pray for that person pray for that person don't, don't say well I'll, I'll wait when I get home when he nudges your heart do this don't delayed obedience it's, it's like no obedience are you listening to me it's the divine enabler he enables us to overcome we are overcomers by the strength of the anointing that abide in us and as we allow the word of the anointing to live in us, the word of Christ to live in us, there will be an outflow from our lives. In the name of Jesus, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and making melody and shutting down 
a domain of darkness where we are in the world, we are not of the world, but we are bringing the light that is in us into the world. For the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts and is shining in our hearts to give the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And that happens in our hearts. And the Holy Ghost is the one that does it. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot succeed. Let me say it again. Without the Holy Spirit anointing, you cannot overcome. You cannot succeed. You cannot know the way. You can't do anything. That's why Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Not some things. Nothing means nothing. But thank God we are not without him. <laughs> I said, thank God we are not without him. He said, I've been with you, but I will be in you. Glory to God. And it's in us. We have received the anointing from the Holy One. And we know all things. The anointing abides in us. And we overcome the wicked one. The word of Christ dwells in us. We are strong. And we overcome the wicked one. Praise the name of Jesus. Say we are overcomers. Say we are overcomers. Through Christ. The anointed. And his anointing. Inside of us. And upon us. In the name of Jesus, he robbed the anointing of the Holy Spirit in us and upon us.